0: Hey, y'all. Welcome to Dirt to Dollars with your hosts, Extension Agents Matt Adams and Daniel Carpenter. Join us each week as we talk about everything agriculture, from the dirt on your land to the dollars in your hand. All right. Welcome back to another week of Dirt to Dollars. I think uh, uh, we've got a first here. It's uh, Daniel's not here. Well, this is the first Extension podcast hosted solely by non-Extension personnel
1: a full-time farmers
0: yeah is that legal you think i surely we won't ask any questions
1: i mean i would feel like you were the initial starter of the podcast so you're here so we can do whatever you want okay
0: yeah yeah don't tell daniel that that we can do whatever i want (laughs) that might hurt his feelings or something (laughs) yeah so we're uh without daniel this week uh, he's on the other side of the world. He's kind of a world traveler now, so we never know if he's going to be around or not. So, hopefully, that's what the citizens of Hardin County signed up for. But I guess, I guess we'll see how that works out. But uh, no, anyway, I think we'll be okay. He'll be back next week. He may actually jump in sometime before we get done. We'll just have to wait and see if he gets to a spot. He's got the the link the invite so he'll uh he said if he could he'd jump on and give us just a quick little little update and we'll we'll let him tell you either today or next week where he's been so uh we'll keep you in suspense on that one kind of play a little game of where in the world is daniel carpenter and what what, where what, what was that show where in the world is carmen, carmen san diego or whatever san
1: diego yeah i bet daniel probably played that game as a kid too so probably. maybe that's why it was he's a tv show wants to well, it might have been a TV show, but it was a video game, too.
0: Huh. I don't remember that part.
1: Com- computer game, I believe. We had it hmm. on the computer.
0: Hmm. Well, well, we'll let you all take your guesses. Either either come up with them during the show and see if you're right, or come up with them through the week, and we'll we'll talk about it next week. Anyway, with that, we'll get back into it. Uh, I guess I need to introduce our guest host this week. Got the one and only Mark Thomas filling back in, so thanks for jumping on this week, Mark. No problem. Thanks for having me. At least <laughs> filling uh, for Daniel. At least we uh, caught a rainy week do to do this. I told Daniel we may just not have a podcast if it was pretty and not raining this week because I don't know that I was going to slow down enough to do all that it takes on the recording end and everything. So,
1: well, if it hadn't rained. We we would be quite a bit farther along, but uh, we've got a good amount of rain, and we needed it. Honestly, it was getting getting a little dry. Uh, it was dry. I had so I, I was glad to see the rain to yeah. give us a break for a couple of days.
0: The uh, the ground was getting hard at the end of the week. It was like we was. started, and it was almost a little heavy and a little wet, and then within like a day, it went uh, hard as a rock. And it, but it. Like, you, once you got through it, there was moisture there. It was just dry on top and just hard. And uh, Yeah, it
1: was dry and crusted over right on top, and you get down to, like, planting corn, you know, at two inches, you had a, a great soil moisture. Uh, you know, the soil just fell right back around that seed. I mean, it was making a good seed bed, but it was just hard to get through it.
0: Yeah, but anyway, we got a little... Got a little planted. I think I'm about 75% done with corn is where I ended up Saturday. Was that Saturday night? It's funny. The days all kind It'll of started raining
1: Saturday it? night. They do. Now that you uh, don't have to come to town to a town job every day. I'm sure yeah, they run together.
0: But That's right. That's we're
1: right. about the uh, same. We're about 75% uh, corn planted and 50, 51 or 2 on soybeans. Um, which is not real far off of the, the state average. The The latest number was 66% of the corn planted and 37% last year. And soybeans were at 38% planted versus
0: 12% last year. So, uh, we're a little farther along last year. You got your lines crossed up. Okay. There
1: 18. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Sorry.
0: 18%. But yeah, it's, a uh, I. I of would have thought there'd have been a little more planting progress than that. Uh I thought the bean would number really surprises would, me that it's not higher or lower.
1: That it's higher, that it's not higher. Uh with as many early beans as, as people are starting to plant.
0: Yeah, but that's compared I would to 18, have thought that number would have been higher. Compared to 18% well, last year, we're 20% higher than last year, so I think that may be a little that's in line. True. I just driving that's around true. the country and talking to people around and i would just think there's more than 66 percent of the corn acres in the state planted uh but that may be a little I, bit of i would say locally yes yeah.
1: so
0: we don't have the man that, that much, does so. those reports for harden county on right now or we'd ask him what he put he may have may have skewed the numbers a little bit
1: that might be what the problem is
0: but yeah, I can I can complain about that that those numbers are wrong now that I don't contribute to them anymore. So anyway Welcome to
1: being a full time farmer, you can yeah. complain about everything.
0: Yeah. Uh corn emerged 36%. I'd say that's in line with around here. Most of that first planted in that early wind is up. I know you've got some that's up. How's it look? looks
1: better now. Uh, when it first came out of the ground, we had a good stand came out, but it was just yellow. Uh, yeah. It needed some warm weather and some sunshine, and it got that last week. So it's it's starting to take off. Now, we're not going to have a lot of sunshine this week, but uh, we're going to have some warm weather. So I look forward to, to really start building some GDUs and, and starting to, to grow pretty good. Um, but I'm happy with everything we've got coming out. Uh, the last – what we planted uh, 13 days ago, or or so, is emerged and, and coming up. Um, soybeans, have, same way, they're they're looking good. We got you some have early March soybeans yet? that or late March soybeans. Yeah, our March soybeans are up. I probably got, uh, I'd say, two thirds of what we got planted is up. Okay. Um. So,
0: were they up when the frost slash freeze hit a week or so ago 10 days ago
1: the early ones were um and i couldn't tell that they were really hurt Hmm. now i saw some pictures of some soybeans that had the um you know growing point at the top froze out of them but it wasn't a few days later and it was starting to put two branches underneath that to start branching out so So there you go that's surprising how resilient those soybeans are
0: You've already started branching. That might be your uh, your 2023 Kentucky State soybean yield this winter, right there. It might be. Good All possibility. It was a little freeze damage early on. So. That's right. Maybe uh, we're looking at
1: this whole high yield thing wrong.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, moving on down, winter wheat headed 68%, which of course, this is trying to remember back here. You're supposed to. Base uh this progress on what was done midnight Sunday. I think that's what they what they tell you. I to believe do.
1: that's correct.
0: So really uh we're recording today on Tuesday. It's you know, once wheat starts to head, it pretty well jumps on out there. So we're I would say around here we're eighty to ninety percent at least. So most all the wheat is headed here in the last week. So Uh, I know a lot of it's starting to flower or will start to flower mid to late week. A lot of people talking the last few days about starting to make fungicide applications uh, here this week, if the ground will get fit enough to hold the sprayer up. So uh, make that last pass. And I think it looks like a pretty good wheat crop. We've avoided some of this freeze damage. I know Daniel and I had talked about the kind of the County tour that we took with, with uh, Carrie Nod a few weeks ago, probably a month or so ago now, uh, and didn't really see a lot of freeze damage, so I think we're good there. So. Uh,
1: Things are quite a bit different from a few years ago when uh, I believe it was last night
0: was the May three freeze. Years ago that we had it
1: was the May freeze that in 2020 that uh, smoked the wheat. Yeah
0: uh so yeah crop progress or crop conditions i only have two crops represented there really uh, at this point in the game but uh our wheat crop looks like we're 89 percent good to excellent if you combine those two and i would probably agree with that so i think we're we're set up for a good wheat crop here uh yeah, I think we're supposed to get maybe in the 80s later this week into the weekend. Then if you look at kind of long term, it looks like after that we're going to cool back down some down into the low to mid 70s for highs and uh, down into the 50s at night. And if we can keep some moisture to this wheat and not stress it too much, uh, I think it was our buddy Patrick Preston that said a few years ago, Probably 2021, we had kind of a spring like this. It was just cool and wet Uh, during flowering and grain fill and said it was like England weather. And if you know anything about crop production in England, they can grow some amazing wheat over there. So uh, That's where you get into some of your 140, 150 bushel wheat. So hopefully we can kind of have a cool remainder of May here or not too cool, but not a freeze or anything, but cool it off a little bit and slow this wheat down, let it go through grain fill and pull some yields up. That's what it's all about. And with that yeah, being the said, the forecast looks great. Yeah. I think we're gonna need some high yields to uh to offset some of these grain prices from what they've done in the last couple of weeks. They've uh, uh
1: They took a little hit. What goes up must come down.
0: Right. Uh, So everybody was kind of giving me a hard time. always want to see that. Yeah, everybody was giving me a hard time first last week, kind of in my final days that, you know, once we were past the point of no return that I couldn't back out, the paperwork was already signed. Our commodities markets took a just a nosedive. And had kind of taken it in the shorts. But then I think it was the first day. I think Thursday would have been the first day of my new employment. And they started to rally and rallied through the end of the week and uh, rallied some, at least beginning yesterday, Monday.
1: They did. And then
0: I think started down overnight last night and are down hard today on Tuesday. So.
1: think it's a it's a planting condition uh or playing progress driving it down that that's kind of typical for this time of year Uh, you get some late april early may uh lulls in the market because of planting conditions and planting progress um but we'll see kind of still a supply and demand market so uh i think my personal opinion i'm no marketing expert but uh we may see some some lower futures prices, but I believe uh, with the demand here locally, we'll see some pretty strong basis before the end of summer.
0: Yeah, let's hope so. Uh, kind of on a national crop note, uh, looking at some updates. This is actually from the Blue Line Futures Group. Uh, just looking at national crop progress, 49% of corn planted. That's up 26% from last week. Um, I know some people that I follow, like in that Minnesota, that upper Midwest area that were dealing with snow just a couple weeks ago, I think they got going hard here within the last week, and the weather's really turned there. Uh, I don't have the state-by-state breakdown in front of me, but I would assume that's where a whole lot of that progress came from, uh, was that upper Upper Midwest, Upper kind of northern Corn Belt area. Uh, looks like the estimates – Going into that crop progress report, we're all over the board from 34 to 64 percent, but that was an average of 48 percent. So if you average all those together, those pretty close to the estimates. Uh, Five year average for corn planting progress on a national level is 42 percent, so we're a little above that. Uh, soybeans 35 percent planted, that's up 19 percent from last week. Uh, looks like that average of the estimates was 34%. Uh, five-year average is 21%, so that's kind of mirroring your uh, early planting date on beans kind of taking off on a national level as well. Uh, winter wheat conditions, 29% good to ex- excellent on a national level. That's up 1% from last week, but still 44% of the nation's crop rated poor to very poor uh, and that's actually an increase of 2% from last week on the poor to very poor but i think we all know when it comes to this wheat crop that uh us wheat is just kind of a drop in the bucket and what our conditions are here really don't matter a whole lot so uh also had some export inspections come out uh Corn, we were at 963,000 metric tons, roughly. Uh, That's below kind of the low end of what the estimates were on that. Soybeans, 394-ish metric tons. That's within the range of what the estimates were. Uh, Wheat, 209,000 metric tons. Again, that's within the the range. Uh, A couple of things they're saying to watch for here. Uh, keep an eye on the deadline for an extension on the uh, Black Sea Grain Corridor is May 18th, so we'll see if that gets extended or if they shut that corridor down again. Uh, that could cause a rally going forward. Uh, and then we've got a, another USDA report coming out Friday, so you never know what those will do. Okay. Uh, you, know, you you mentioned that you know we're kind of in a seasonal downtrend for corn uh here's an interesting statistic that uh, I thought was worth sharing uh, September corn futures have trended lower for 12 out of the last 15 years from April 30th to June 24th so that was a that very in interesting mind. statistic yeah the sky may not be falling all things are uh new again so interesting there's
1: your fact of the week
0: that's right uh but yeah and you know they shut throat throughout that uh june 24th date you know that's typically that mid to late june is when we'll kind of get a weather scare crop gets in the ground it's kind of the the lull in the market for a little while and then maybe we can get a little pocket of dryness and get a little weather scare and get a, get a midsummer rally there, there. Uh, you know, you, you're starting to get an idea of what your crop should be by that time. So, uh, probably a good idea to, uh, make a mental note for that mid to late June time frame to really be paying attention. And if you get some rallies to, uh, go on and sell on that because then as we go into harvest we usually tend to trend lower again right
1: that's right i think i've said it on here before i'll say it again you know when when you get a rally in the market you know if you reward the market it, it tends to to take care of you uh, reward the market when you get a when you get a rally sell a few bushel it doesn't have to be a, a big number but uh you hope that every sale is your worst sale and Sometimes it doesn't always work, but sometimes you hit a home run, and sometimes you you might hit the bottom of the market, but don't sell it all at once and spread your sales out, and you'll never go broke selling for a profit. It's one thing my grandpa used to say. So, there's yep. your advice as a full time farmer, Matt.
0: And you have to know what your break even is to know if you're selling at a profit or not. So, uh, if you haven't up haven't updated those budgets. Uh, since you've got busy planting, it's probably a good time while we're a little wet here. Looks like we're going to be a little wet into the weekend. Uh, sit down and go over those numbers and figure out what your cost a bushel cost per bushel should be roughly, uh, and go on and have that number handy so that you know if you're above it, you can start making some sales. But... Uh, we'll get off the news and get into a little more entertainment here for just a second before we go back into some things. So, spent a lot of time in the tractor late week. I think you did as well, tractor and sprayer maybe. Uh, I did. What are, what kind of farmer are you? Like, what do you, what do you listen to in the tractor? TikTok. You listen to TikTok.
1: Yeah, you just turn it on and just lay it over there on the console and it just plays through and you just reach over and swipe the next video. <laughs> I've gotten to this, this is, but as far as the radio goes, I listen to, uh, uh, when I'm on the side of the county where I can get it, I listen to Abe 93.7. I was going to say, be careful uh, when, on, uh, I, on
0: who you name drop yeah, her here.
1: <laughs> when, when I, when I can't, and I'm not an area I can't get Abe, I listen to another radio station, but, uh, I found this page on TikTok that just posts justified clips, and they're all about <laughs> three or four minutes long. So I'll just get on them and I'll just lay it over there and just listen to to Raylan Givens, you know, give somebody the business. And when that video's over, I'll swipe it up and watch the next one, and or listen to the next one. I don't really watch it, but uh, you know, as we're watching the planner, uh, well, it's a little less boring. I'll be honest with you, it's a little less boring. Uh, we put. Uh, uh, speed tubes and uh hydraulic downforce on the planter which i believe you did too yeah um so i feel more comfortable watching the planter because those units aren't bouncing all over the place all the time right. you always used to make well, yourself nervous when those units were bouncing yeah you didn't want to watch the planter so uh-huh. now you can just kind of watch it it's it's amazing how smooth yeah. those things go it is it is
0: Well, and it's Um, a little more entertaining too to sit there and look at your monitor screen when you've got more things you can monitor. Yeah, I think you and I talked about it. Some is you know the more stuff you put on there to monitor, the more stuff it's going to alarm at you just randomly. So I find myself a lot of times punching with one finger the screen five or six times and just telling it shut up. But yes, yes, yeah, that was not a direction that I thought that was going to go. So that was that was good. So I've, I'm four days into planting, I guess. And I'm typically, a lot of times during the daytime, when it's light outside, I'll catch up on podcasts. I'd rather sit there and listen to people talk than listen to music. And then the music comes on after dark to try and help stay awake. Stay awake, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I actually, four days in, I kind of ran out of podcasts that interested me and then I think I'd had the radio on at some point. Most everywhere I was, I'd pick up Abe, so that's what it'd stay on. Then I'd go, went to Pandora for a little while, and then back to the radio because Pandora got to playing the same songs over
1: and over again. So Yeah, if you uh, listen to Pandora long enough, it just repeats itself. It just repeats the same songs Uh. every time.
0: And it's almost like when you... Like if you turn it off for the night and come back the next day and turn it back on, it just starts down that same list again. So,
1: yeah. it does. So I turned that
0: on for a little variety.
1: Is there is there podcast etiquette out there to to talk about other podcasts? What's your, what's some of your go tos?
0: We have. Uh, what are some of my go tos? Farm for profit. I listen. To Farm
1: that. for profits. One of mine, and and. Uh, Rob Sharkey's podcast, of course, yeah. is I'll a good
0: one. Uh, what else? I've gotten into, I don't want to give too much of a shout out to this one because it gets a little bit a bit political at times, but uh, Barn Talk podcast. I've seen that. Uh, yeah, I've heard of that one. This will do farm in Iowa. They're hog, hog farmers. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting because they talk a lot about, about the hog and pork industry, and that's something that I don't. You know, you don't get a lot of around here, so uh, especially on. Yeah, when you get into that Illinois
1: Iowa corridor, I mean, there there's hog barns on every corner. It seems yeah. like.
0: Um, yeah, I've listened to that some business. This time. Uh, I've got into some. I don't even remember what it's called. It's the Duck Commander people.
1: Oh yeah, and that was Willie and, si and- yeah
0: yeah it's more uh it's phil and jace and uh the okay. brother that's the preacher i always forget his name yeah but anyway uh i've gotten to listen gotten into that that was uh not this last sunday because it was raining but the sunday before i skipped out on church and that was my church listening to the duck commander people because they uh they taught have a lot of biblical talk and stuff in there but Uh, what else did you listen to? Uh, the Working Words podcast, which is, uh, Brian's farming videos on YouTube. Uh, the Browns, they're in South, kind of Southern Ohio. They're not far from the Kentucky line, I don't think. Uh, And he gets some interest in people, kind of social media influencer type people from agriculture on there. uh and has some neat interviews on it. So
1: I'd never I seen his. I, I wasn't sure he was. Didn't know he was doing
0: one. Yeah, and it's not. So, it's kind of random. That one because uh, it gets a little bit random because he'll go sometimes six months without recording or posting anything, and then there'll be. He's had a. He's had several this spring though, because I think he uh, recorded several at farm show this year with various people. So
1: that's been uh, that's kind of been a trend uh and you all did it uh yeah talking to some people at farm shows and uh farm for profit did it at uh both the farm machinery show and the commodity classic so uh that that seems to be a, a popular thing for podcasters uh to do and yeah. uh so that's exciting
0: and then also uh i'll listen a little bit to straightforward farming but that is not for young ears. So if you have kids in the cab, do not turn that one on. That's that's correct. Not for sensitive that's, ears it's, at all. It's not
1: PG. It's probably not even PG thirteen. Yeah, no. It probably yeah. Yeah. Probably not even PG thirteen. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Very very good guys, very knowledgeable, uh, in the ag industry. Um, very good commentary, great, great folks. Um Great outlook on life, but uh, not for little ears, as Matt said.
0: And we'll give a, uh, a shout-out to another Extension Ag podcast uh, because I think they're getting recognized for some awards, but the Kentucky Ag Matters podcast, uh, which are – I think we've had all but one of them on the show. It's our friends in Western Kentucky, David Forquen, uh Vicki Shadrick, and Jay Stone uh and they've really kind of done big things with that i think they are finalist at a national level with uh national association of county agricultural agents uh for their uh one of their media awards public relations awards with that podcast so uh i know they reached out to us some and we kind of maybe help them get started a little bit, gave them some tips, Uh, and they've taken that in a little different format than what we do here, but we can't all do the same thing. So check that one out as well.
1: And good luck to them and their uh, award finalists.
0: That's right. Uh, Moving back into the news a little bit, if I can get it pulled up. Did you see the story about the woolly mammoth that was found in the soybean field? I did see that. So what are the odds? It they, was in they, they dug a
1: backhoe in and it couldn't dig it up.
0: Was in southern Michigan, I believe.
1: It Was uh, southeast they, Michigan?
0: Yeah. Some farmers were putting some field tile into a piece of ground that one of them had just purchased. Uh, we're digging, trying to put in, a was it a main or a catch basin or something?
1: Putting in a catch basin.
0: And uh, we're trying to go pretty deep. I think they were about eight feet deep and hung into something uh, and turned out to be a woolly mammoth. Bone, fossil, what do you call that?
1: Woolly mammoth skull and tusks. Uh actually they dug up a rib, it looked like. But what what I thought was interesting is um the the mammoth was scavenged, not killed by Native Americans. Uh they're thinking it's possible he got into a fight with another male because there was some damage to the skull huh. uh, of this animal they found. So uh they believe that the mammoth uh was was killed in fighting in in a fight and then the native americans came and and scavenged the animal for all the the beneficial things they could get from from that animal
0: uh is
1: interesting huh. how things were millions I of years ago
0: that they scavenged
1: that's the way the article read that uh they believe the Native Americans came along, got supper, and and stored the meat for for later use.
0: So it was basically a full-on, it wasn't just like one bone. That was like a full-on. Oh,
1: it was, yeah.
0: Full-on deal, wasn't it? Sure was. Sure was. (laughs) And here's a typical farmer quote. Harvest was almost here. We didn't know what we just got ourselves into. Do we tell anybody? (laughs) (laughs) You know, that thought crossed their mind. They're like, this is going to draw a lot of attention. We're going to have to devote a lot of time. There's going to be people coming in here wanting to dig this soybean field up. (sighs) Do we just cover it back up and never tell anybody and go on about our business or what? And he quoted at the end of the article, uh,
1: They got done digging. They filled the hole in the harvest began. They said, "What's the what? The beans cut?" I don't remember the number they yielded. He laughs, but I promise you, we got in there fast, and the number wasn't too bad. (laughs) (laughs) He just just wanted to get in there and get it done.
0: (laughs) And it does say that uh, that they went on and put the pipe in, covered it up, and they just deal with it later. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So that uh those remains are in at the at the UM, which I assume is University of Michigan Museum of Paleontology. Uh so if anybody's ever looking for a uh good vacation and you're into uh prehistoric animals, it might be a place to to check it out.
0: Yeah. Huh. Yeah, some of these pictures, that thing was mammoth. Dad jokes. Love it. (laughs) So what's the, uh, have you ever found anything? Obviously, probably not prehistoric, uh, remains or maybe you did you just decided not to tell anybody but uh just what buried some, it over yeah what are some things you found well maybe. we
1: live in uh we get a lot of stuff floats up from the creek um just a lot of baseballs and softballs and uh, patio furniture sometimes oh. um but uh nothing ever really cool um we don't do much tillage anymore, but when we would uh, raise tobacco years ago and, and would do a little more deep tillage, sometimes you'd find some arrowheads uh, where we're here by the creek. Um, nothing uh, nothing really good. I think all the good arrowheads have, have been picked over in the last several years. But uh, yeah can't really think of anything just wild and crazy off the wall that I've found. Uh What about you?
0: Uh, Nothing too crazy, but I think I sent you a picture of it here last week. Uh, I was planting, and I planted down one pass, turned around and came back the other, and I see something sticking up. And I get out and look, and it's half of a log grapple, like the deals you put a chain on the end of, and it like clamps down on the log, and you pull with it. And it was sticking point up and the scariest part was it was right in the inside tractor tire track so I had ran <sighs> over it and then the planter shank the row unit had caught it just enough to flip it up and no doubt it would have probably been right in the track when it either come back to spray or come back to top dress or something and that point would have been sticking right up if I hadn't seen it but Yeah, so I got out and and picked that up and stuck it in the tractor cab, but that's... uh, Definitely. That was, yeah, that would kind of make your stomach churn a little bit to see something like that, and that should also I'll uh, make note kind of uh, kind of give you some hints as to the type of ground that I farm that there's logging implements in the middle of the field. (laughs) (laughs) So
1: you're saying that land was probably cleared years and yeah, years ago, yeah, yeah, because it had the least amount of rocks on it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe. Isn't it odd how,
1: and and again, we don't do a lot of a deep tillage anymore. But how many times you pick up a horseshoe on a on a plow shank or a ripper shank? Or even just a a little chain link that that one end is off of it. That chain link will wedge on your Uh double-edged openers on your planter. What are the odds of something like that happening? And it it seems like it happens to farmers, you know, once a year.
0: Yeah, when you're just going two inches deep and Mm -hmm. disturbing a spot like two inches wide out of a 30-inch row middle. Yep.
1: It, it just it, that's always blowing my mind that things like that, or picking up a little chain or, or a rock getting stuck in your closing wheels. And I've had that happen. Have you had that, you had that happen already?
0: <laughs> twice. And I don't even have any kind of like spiked closing wheels. Like I would think it would be more common with them because it's like teeth can grab a hold of them. But it's, uh, yeah, I've just got cast iron closing wheels and I've had it happen twice.
1: Yeah, but you got a lot of rocks.
0: Yeah, that's that's true, so, too. That is that true. It makes a difference. All right, so back into the news here before we uh, end up running out of time. But uh, one final big story that kind of broke this week, I guess. Uh, U.S. Treasury Department is apparently making moves to limit foreign land purchases near military bases. Uh, I know that's something that we've talked about here on the show before uh, that people have a lot of concerns with is uh, foreign investment firms and sometimes foreign national owned investment firms uh, buying farm ground. It seems like a lot of it is close to military bases, but... Uh,
1: Looks like the threshold on that is is going to be a hundred miles.
0: Yeah, so the anything
1: within a hundred miles, they they have to have a yeah. approval to purchase that.
0: Yeah, so the Treasury Department's Office of Investment Security didn't even know that was a thing. Uh, proposed a rule last Friday that would require foreign entities to garner U.S. government approval before they're able to purchase land within a hundred miles of eight military bases. I'm not real sure what bases those are. You think Fort Knox is on that list? I would
1: venture to say with the uh, gold vault being at Fort Knox, I would say that I uh, think so. one of those eight is Fort Knox.
0: The op. Here we go. We'd never heard of the invest- the Office of Investment Security, but apparently the Office of Investment Security is responsible for screening foreign business dealings in the U.S. and has authority to block or for- force term changes and sales in order to protect national security. Didn't know we had that. Um, Looks like like Missouri
1: has stepped up to kind of maybe set a precedent for other states and other areas. Uh, Missouri's passing a bill to include a provision that would limit foreign countries uh, into owning just a half a percent of farmland in missouri Hmm.
0: Um, uh and that's i know a lot of people's concerns aren't necessarily with how much they own it's where they own it and that it seems like it's always close to these military bases but uh kind of the big one that has spurred this uh looks like A Chinese-owned company purchased land 12 miles from a U.S. Air Force base in North Dakota uh, back around the first of the year. Uh, And you get further on down, uh, that was purchased by Fufang Group. That's what we'll go with. Sounds Uh, good to me. They're saying they plan to use that land to build a $700 million corn milling plant which would create 200 jobs as well as residual opportunities for logistics, trucking and other service services. Yeah. Why does that have to be 12 miles from a military base?
1: Yeah. You would think you would want that. And I don't know the area, but you'd want that in a, in a huge corn growing area. Wouldn't have to be, Close to a military base. Uh, That's, yeah. I know in that North Dakota range, there's not a lot of corn processors. There's some ethanol plants, but uh, they're always looking for something that can help their bases on corn. Yep. Yep.
0: Yep. So it could be legit. But... Anyway, yeah, I really kind of want to see that list of what military bases that is to see if Fort Knox is on there, because that could affect us locally especially with uh a lot of the development and land changing hands that we have going on around here uh that's great you know some of that's probably going to be purchased by foreign investors uh you know we have some foreign investment in the plant that's being built uh to see how that would uh how that would affect what's what goes on there
1: Interesting story on, or uh, analogy or, or observation on the Ford plant. Um, had a friend of mine from the eastern part of the state come up yesterday, and on his way out, he texted me and said, "What's this building they're building south of Etown?" He didn't. So, Everybody you know, that always Ford, asks me
0: about it, they pretty much know. They're just making sure that's what it is. Yeah.
1: Well, while here it seems that everything is consumed with, with Ford SK blue oval with us. When you get, you know, out of here a little bit if people don't, they probably hear about it and see it and don't realize just how big it really is. And I think when they see it for the first time, they are shocked at the, the footprint that that facility is, is taking.
0: Yeah, it's huge. It is huge. Uh, Another note on the uh, that SK entity that's involved in that uh, the bookkeeper administrative uh, guy at the Hardin County Extension Office that we just hired a few months or yeah, several months back. Uh, he's ex military and was actually stationed in South Korea for a while and. He said it's kind of neat when they are interesting when they announced that and that it was a partnership with SK. He said, You wouldn't believe in South Korea how big of a brand SK is. He said, It's almost like Coca Cola or something is over here. That's probably not a good analogy, but maybe, uh, 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 Apple. Well, Apple would be a a global. johnson and johnson or something that just own everything like when you get to looking into it like he said all the water has sk water on it or like every billboard is sk this or sk that like they own everything in south korea and it's a huge operation huge company uh and then yeah apparently they're uh that's who's Partnered on this deal with Ford and and building this here in Glendale. So just interesting there. Well, do you have any parting words of wisdom before we go this week? Not that I can come up with. I think we've uh,
1: pretty well covered it and.
0: We now know that if you get bored in the tractor, you can get on TikTok and watch Justified clips. You can, huh? See, learn something. Learn something new every week right here on Dirt Dollars. <laughs> so
1: that's a lot more fun to watch. Obviously, watch it on TV uh, because you get the whole episode. Pretty much just get the highlights. Uh, but if you've seen Justified as many times. Like I have, you kind of get the point. You get the you get the highlights and the the excitement.
0: To be honest, you could probably go on Netflix or something, pull it up on your phone, and watch old seasons of Justified while you were probably if you wanted to. Probably. That's I know I'm I don't the have search, the
1: extra iPad,
0: but you can do it on your phone. I've been on the search for a good cell phone holder for a tractor. Because that's one thing the brand of tractors that I run that they lack is somewhere to put a cell phone. Especially if you've got somebody in the buddy seat. Because the buddy seat folds down and you have a little like bungee thing there on top of the buddy seat. You can slide it over there and it'll stay pretty good. But then you can't see it if you need to see it for anything. You've got to dig it out of there and pick it up. But if somebody's in the buddy seat, you're out of luck. You don't even have a cup holder if somebody's in the buddy seat.
1: So back in... The winner. I bought a cell phone case from Rockform or OKF or it's got magnet. It's got magnets in it. I love it. Um, you do have to watch because you know if it's in your pocket and you get up close to something, of course, you know your it's not heavy enough. It's going to hurt anything, but it will you know magnet you to whatever. Um, you drop it, you know, it might catch on something magnet, but if you can find something metal in the cab, you know, you can just huh. set it up there and, and there it is. Well, there's um, not much
0: metal in these tractor cabs anymore. <laughs>
1: well, there's not, but if you've got a, a monitor bracket or brace or something, right. uh, you can just kind of set it up there, but that does kind of open up the doors for, um you know, ability to amount, uh, uh, you just stick a piece of metal down and, right. and there it is. But what's actually, is it strong enough? to hold
0: on something like just bouncing across the field? Will it hold on something?
1: Oh yeah. If it's mine's got double magnets in it and you can actually change out the, the thing in the back to mount on a, a mount that they sell if you wanted to, but I went ahead and bought the extra magnet. Um, but I can set it on something and it'll, it'll just, ride there Um, the whole time you're bouncing across the field and it won't really come off but what is the most helpful and handy with it is for the flashlight because you can turn your flashlight on and you can set that phone just right if you're working on something and need a light and it's metal hold the magnet now your phone's held and you got your flashlight in a solid place and then you got both hands to work so yeah
0: So I've tried using like the suction cup ones that suck to the windows as you get at Walmart or something, and they're Mm -hmm. junk. Five or six times a day, your whole phone and everything's falling off that window, and then you just get mad. But, huh? Yeah, this (laughs) seems like something need to look into. You think they're think they're looking for podcast sponsorship opportunities? Might be able to work. Hey, they could.
1: They could. Never hurts to ask. we have already name no. dropped them, so that should be worth. I a, have name dropped a them, so case. that that should be worth something. Yeah, hmm.
0: that's right. All right, that's the first show without extension, official representation, and we've already sold it out. So sold it out to the corporate man. So we better better get off here before Daniel completely kicks us out. You got any song choices this week? Since you're the guest. Oh gosh. Us.
1: Um, no, I don't really, I've been thinking about it, but I haven't really had anything. Uh, Oh, I got I, it. Uh, in I honor of too. Daniel, I've been everywhere, man. If I was going to say rambling
0: it. man. Oh, that'd
1: be a good one. That'd be a good one too.
0: We'll let, he's still going to edit it. We'll let him pick when he yeah. sends it in. All right. He's a rambling man or I've been everywhere, man. So, all right, we'll see you next week and make sure you, uh, Rack your brain on where Daniel was because he apparently didn't make it back to where he could call in this week. So, yeah. We'll see you next week. See you next time. That's a wrap.